Do I look fat? Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Do I Look Fat podcast. This week, my guest is one of the most multifaceted internet personalities, someone who taught me how vital body appreciation is, and the reason I came up with the acronym Fine and Thick, the Thixen Vixen herself, Ty McQueen. Hey babe, how are you? Hey beautiful, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Um, anyone who doesn't know Ty, Ty has been known by many names. Yes. Um, she's Ty McQueen. She was um, pretty healthy. Plus size thick, trainer. Plus size trainer. Now she goes by the Thixen Vixen and I'm mm-hmm. all fucking for it. Okay. <laughs> we have been internet buddies for so long, like for yeah. years. Yeah. I followed you throughout your fitness journey, mm-hmm. your um, surgery journey. You had YouTube videos uh, and now you're just basically on your not giving a fuck. <laughs> yes. This is a, the elevated part of all that I've been through online. This is like when you get to the end and you have to fight the final boss. Like I am, (laughs) I have finally completed the final boss and I am now here. (laughs) Love to see it. I love to see it. The growth, the, the just self love too, because I feel like that's where you've grown the most. Yeah, definitely. And it's crazy because the Dixon Vixen platform I started was never for women, but Mm -hmm. women have gravitated to that platform and they get it like, oh my gosh, you're so confident. You're glowing. You really have evolved. And it's like, they're, they're feeling confident because I'm showing my own confidence. And I think um, in hindsight, even though this is not what I started that platform for, it's been a great motivation for women trying to get more in tune with who they are. Right. For sure. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, You know, when you start things like that, where you're posting more provocative pictures, like you expect men to gravitate to it first, which they do because, you know, they're they're going to be there. But when you are genuinely yourself and you're just unapologetically you, that gives off some type of like aura where other females are attracted to you and not in a sexual yeah. way or anything like that, but just because okay. you're just showing this confidence and you're showing this self-love and it's like, that's what that gravitates people to you. Right. And you've been with me online for a while. So, you know, my whole woman empowerment and me just really getting women to appreciate and love who they are. That's always been a thing of mine. So mm-hmm. it's so, it's so liberating for me to get to that point where I'm comfortable enough to put myself out there, but also women that are hitting me up. And I get DMs every day from women like, oh my God, you've encouraged me to be more sexy or you encouraged me to stop hiding myself. You encourage me to love my body more. You encourage me in so many different ways. And like I said, that's an honor for me to just be naturally unapologetically myself and Mm -hmm. not even in an offensive way, but just like, I really don't give a fuck. And people are like, I like that. I want to be that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay. So to start off the show, I always do a quick like little would you rather game just to get to know my (laughs) guests a little bit more. So I'm going to ask you some questions and I want you to pick which one, which scenario you would rather be in and why. Okay? Okay. So the first one is, would you rather return to your past as a 12 year old with the opposite gender and all your memories or 
continue your life as a successful 25-year-old with all the wealth and respect you can have, but no memory beyond yesterday morning. So the first one is, would you rather be basically a 12-year-old boy, but knowing everything you know now, or go back to being 25 with all the wealth and respect, but no memory, no knowledge, no nothing? That's a hard one because I'm going to tell you, (laughs) one of like my, my wishes is like, I wish I could be like a boy for like a 24 hour period, Mm -hmm. but I I would never want to be a man long-term. So Mm -hmm. I would have to choose being a 25 year old woman with no past memory. (laughs) (laughs) Why wouldn't you want to be a man long-term? Like it's a man's world, quote unquote. Right. So Uh, allegedly, but girls run the world. Just ask Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, I think like, um, even if I had my memories, I don't think like being a boy, you, you, they, boys are just, they're, they're boys. (laughs) (laughs) They're They're not as cool as us women are. So yeah, no. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I would definitely have fun like I said I could be a boy for like 24 hours just to have that experience but I'll be over it after that <laughs> right right okay all right so the next question is would you rather spend years with no regrets or read people's minds oh I would like to read people's minds mm. you know I, I don't I don't mind having regrets because I don't look at it as a regret. A regret mm-hmm. is just a lesson learned. Right. So I'm okay with that. And I feel like a lot of people are trying to dodge a lesson. And that's why they keep repeating cycles. So you have to have those lessons learned in order to move forward in life. But reading people's mind, I'm knowing if you're lying or not. And yeah. that's what I really <laughs> want to know. <laughs> right. Because you're not going to tell me how you really feel clearly. So mm-hmm. I'm going to know how you really feel. And I know how to act accordingly to that. Right. Yes. I mean, now that will save you a lot of regrets to, to begin with. <laughs> right. Right. It kind of kills two birds with one stone for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so the third one is, would you rather be born again in a totally different life or born again with all the knowledge you have now? You know what? I would say I would have to be born again with all the knowledge I have now because I have such an amazing family. You you know from watching me on Snapchat, mm-hmm. so close to my family, my mom, my nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, and they're so supportive. And I mean, I know people who don't have that. They don't have that family that loves them unconditionally, supports them. They actually have family that sabotage and talk behind their backs. And I couldn't imagine being in that kind of situation. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. My family has definitely been my support system. Um, And then to be born again with my family, like, and then knowing all the mistakes that I've already known, like, that's just a a win-win situation. Like, right. I couldn't imagine having to live my life without like my mom, for example, Mm -hmm. like, regardless of anybody else like I love my sister I love my cousins or whatever and all of that but like my mom like she is my backbone and I couldn't even imagine not being here without her for sure and that and plus I look just like my mother I am (laughs) (laughs) right okay um let's see would you rather have indestructible willpower or be unquestionably lucky you know what? I think I'm already unquestionably lucky. Mm. So I, I I had an ex of mine tell me 
the reason that he liked me so much is because no matter what happens to me, I bounce back mm. like nothing ever happened. He said, I have never met anyone who has rebuilt themselves, rebranded themselves, recreated themselves as much as you. And right. every time it's it's better than the time before. So I would be indestructible, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's called resilience, right? So like mm-hmm. regardless of what throws you down, you come back and you can come back stronger because not only did, you know, you learn something from there, like you said before, like it was a lesson learned. So like mm-hmm. you're learning from it, you're building from it, you're breaking the cycles so that right. you can evolve. So yeah. And having indestructible willpower, like you can do anything. Yeah. You have the willpower to do so. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I mean, a lot of times that I tell people, they always like, I wish I had your motivation. I wish I had your tenacity. I'm like, you do. But it's just you have to tap into that. And once you tap into that, you realize that you've had it this whole time. You just haven't utilized it. Right. Right. That's definitely something I need to learn because (laughs) I need my willpower needs work. Okay, it needs work. We we are weak in the flesh. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's that. But I mean, I feel like I mean, I've watched your journey for a while, too. And I mean, I just love the like I've noticed you coming more out of your shell and mm-hmm. being a little bit more into yourself and you know that um apologeticness I love that and I love seeing that because it's like I I've watched you for a few years mm-hmm. and I can definitely tell how you gathered more willpower more strength of yourself and that's a beautiful thing right right because willpower isn't just about like routines and things like that right it's about knowing who you are as well and building from that and I feel like I'm trying to tap into my own personal power Mm -hmm. I actually had this conversation earlier today where it's like I feel like 2020 has definitely taught me that I need to just be me and stop worrying about what other people are really thinking about me or think I should be. Right. And the same. I mean, 2020 should have been an eye opening year for everyone, mm-hmm. whether it had been good or bad. It was your decision to decide I'm going to accept these losses and keep it myself down and held back. I didn't do that. I mean, in the beginning of the year, I lost my job because mm-hmm. of the covid um, I had to move from my apartment. I had to move back to my parents' house. And it's like a few months later, everything's different. I didn't even have a car. You know, I just right. bought a Mercedes Benz. You know, I, yeah. I, I moved to Atlanta. I, I'm getting all these opportunities that I would have never thought. I just did my first magazine cover spread. So, I mm-hmm. mean, it's like there's all these things that have happened to me. And had I let the the things that have happened because of COVID um, dictate how I wanted to move forward, Mm -hmm. I would still be stagnant. And I think that this year for a lot of people has been eye-opening. It's like you either going to put up or shut up. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. That's, that's great. That's a beautiful thing. Like to be able to do all of this amidst, you know, the pandemic and miss, you know, everything that's going on because everybody's Mm -hmm. going through something, right? right? Regardless if it's, you know, losing your job or family members may have passed away or Mm -hmm. just being lonely because nothing is open, like whatever it is, like everybody's going through different types of things, but to be able to rise from that is a beautiful thing. So you want to be able to do that for sure, for sure. Um, So we're going to get into our next segment, which is eat your heart out, right? So this this is where we talk about diet trends, eating trends, Mm -hmm. um, 
just things that either I've done, read upon, or seen, or whatever have you from doing research. So this mm-hmm. week, with Miss Time McQueen, <laughs> I actually wanted to talk about Herbalife because oh, I remember. My God. <laughs> I know there would be a story to tell, right? Um, For anybody who doesn't know, Herbalife is a multi-level marketing company that sells nutritional supplements and personal care products in countries all over the world, right? So they have meal replacement shakes, teas, multivitamins, supplements, and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. Um, Essentially, you know, I've tried Herbalife. I know you were a distributor for a period of time. I think uh-huh. I actually, I think you were my distributor actually yeah. at, at a point in time. <laughs> um, for me, don't like, don't get me wrong. Herbalife can work because mm-hmm. essentially Herbalife is just a, it puts you in a caloric deficit, right? Because right. you're just drinking the shakes instead of eating food. So when mm-hmm. you do that, you're bound to lose weight. Um, in your opinion, What are the pros and cons of Herbalife? Okay, so I'm going to just say this first and foremost. (laughs) I have a whole video on my YouTube um, for anybody that wants to check it out. It's the channel is pretty healthy and thick. And there's a video on there is why I quit Herbalife. Now, let me just explain to all of you. um, I was at Herbalife for about three or four years. I had. I was able to leave my job in corporate America because I was doing so well in the Herbalife business. I was able to, at that point, go full time on social media. Um, A lot of good things I can say about Herbalife, the actual product. And I have a bias because I was in the company. Um, I see it from a few standpoints. The, The product Herbalife, I love. I love Herbalife. I love how it tastes. I love, um, you know, the teas, I, I actually enjoy the teas. You get an energy boost out of it. They have other products that I like. Um, the fat burner, I swore by it. I have no actual qualms with the product of Herbalife. That's the pro. I'm going to tell you the con. The con is the con order is selling Herbalife. Right. They, <laughs> and that's exactly what they um, are doing, they're conning a lot of people into thinking that this is some get skinny quick type of product and that you have to spend all this money on these nutritional things. And they, you know, they brainwash people into thinking like, oh, just drink these two shakes. And I remember being in Herbalife and people were like, how are you successful? And you're taking this product and you're eating food. You're not supposed to be eating food. You're supposed to just only be drinking a shake. And I would just have to point out to people like, why would you think that? The shake mm-hmm. is like 90 calories. Mm-hmm. Why would you drink two 90 calorie shakes a day and think that was enough food to suffice you? Mm-hmm. It's not. So I had to, you know, I, I spent a lot of my time um, really just telling people the truth about how to take it and trying to get people not to be conned by others just trying to make a sale. I was really in genuinely, like I've always done, trying to help people. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you, you don't need to buy all that stuff. If you want to, that's on you. But I'm going to tell you, get the bare minimum, get this, get that, take it this way, eat this. But don't eat these things. Be extra, you know, active. Drink your water. I really was trying to get people to see it the right way. But unfortunately, it's like um, one bad apple spoils a bunch. And a lot of bad apples spoil the whole 
premise of what Herbalife did. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in, it was at the time they were getting sued. Um, and that whole thing that happened with, um, you know, we had to change a lot of things. Herbalife, the corporation, like corporate Herbalife contacting me, mm. coming at me because a lot of distributors were taking my pictures. This was like the height of my weight loss career (laughs) but a lot of (laughs) distributors were taking my pictures and like oh take this product and lose and you can look like her but I never lost more than 15 pounds on the product I lost my weight before that so it's like I became known as the Herbalife queen and you know it was just a total mess so I got a bad taste in my mouth because of the way that they presented the product um, and misrepresented the product because it's good but it's good for what it actually does, not everything that they try to make you think that it was going to do. So, and it's the same because now it's um, TLC. Mm. And I got into TLC. I'm still a distributor, but I don't promote it, but I still offer it. And I got into TLC. And what I realized is like when they bought all the celebrities in, and I don't know if you've heard my rants that I was having on Snapchat while I was still on it about how they were deceiving people, like making you think you need to take three months of product in one month because that helps their bottom line. It does nothing for you other than you just taking a bunch of product for no reason. So I just, when I try to attach my name to anything, it has to be ethical and it has to be something that I know I can say like, this is something I can stand behind. And when it comes to TLC, I I like that product. I got some tea right here. Mm-hmm. I love the product. But when you're going to misrepresent the product, it's like that's the con of the whole thing. Right. Because at the end of the day, Herbalife was it became more of like a pyramid scheme mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. it did about the actual products, because I like Herbalife, too. I like their their shakes. Sometimes I'm not big on shakes for the most part but if I Mm -hmm. needed to do a shake and if I was doing like something where like in a month I'm like okay I'm gonna do meal replacements or whatever because that's not something that's good for me Mm -hmm. in long term if I need yeah if I needed to lose like 15 20 pounds for a trip or for a wedding or for whatever event that is coming up that I'm just like okay I need to drop this weight then I'm gonna probably do something like that right right um and I enjoyed it. I didn't really get into the supplements just because that just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I did like, what was the, the name of the fat burner? It was the Prolessa Duo. Yes, the Prolessa. That, that, that works. War by that. Yes. yes. That definitely worked. Yeah. It works. But when it, it nasty, became but it works. disgusting. But <laughs> yeah. when it came to um, the actual, like the marketing of it, the way, oh my God, Herbalife people on Instagram are the most annoying people in the world. They're like a cult. Oh my God. And that was another reason I couldn't, like I had got to the highest tier that I could get to, but you had to have a team. Mm -hmm. I was not willing to bring people into my Herbalife team because I didn't like the practices that they were, you know, putting out there. So I was like, I didn't want to influence anybody else and bring them in. And now I'm responsible for teaching them some practices that I didn't even go by myself. And like you said, it did become like, just like a big thing about a, a pyramid scheme and getting money. Yes, they gave you a product, but behind the scenes, how they would, you know, coach and try to force like, oh, if you get this many people in then you can get this much money. It was all about money, 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 money. I made this much money. I made this much money. And it really clicked with me when I used to go to like the they call them the STS trainings. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I probably I went to one like in different cities. I went to the extravaganza, which I had an amazing time. I met a lot of great people. But I probably was in the STS and I I would travel. I would go like out of town to go to them because you would meet more people. I'm somewhere. I just spent my money to come to this. I just had this like, yo, they're saying literally the same thing at each mm-hmm. one of these. They get somebody big up in the company and they show off their cars and their money and that's supposed to entice you. But why doesn't everybody in the company have the same check in the same car? Right. Because it's not possible for everyone to get to that elite level. But how they watched a lot of people in was, you know, really conning them into believing that they're going to make all this money. And that's why they got sued because so many people put in a lot of money and made nothing back. Right. Right. Because it is about who you sell it to, who continues on and and all of that, because you get like the residuals or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, that's how you make your money. So if you, you know, bring in three people and that person brings in three people and that person brings in three people because you're on the top of Mm -hmm. the pyramid, you're the one that makes the money as opposed to the people on the bottom. So it's kind of messed up. I think that's what kind of turned me off with the whole Herbalife thing. Um, My mom, who actually had... um, gastric sleeve uh she uses herbalife sometimes because it's hard for her to eat so she Mm. gets her like you know her vitamins and stuff from there because it does have a lot of nutritional benefits it does for sure it just has such a bad connotation because of the way people treat it and because of Mm -hmm. the way people promote it and it just becomes it becomes like a cult like how you said you go to the gym and people walk around with their pins on the gym (laughs) they have you look on every time a new person follows me on instagram or wants to send me a message on instagram and i see that little leaf in their bio yeah i'm just like i i know what you want from me Mm -hmm. you see that i'm a thicker girl and that i'm probably you know maybe want to lose weight at some point in time or maybe you see me at the gym or whatever have you and it's like oh i'm gonna sweep in as if as if it's not 2020 and everybody has heard of herbalife already thank you thank you and you know like i say even the same with tlc so i had got on live and i was you know basically telling us so i somebody asked me about tlc and i was telling me yeah, i'm a distributor or whatnot is I that, my, just to cut you up is that the nutriburst uh, yes that's the nutriburst okay. mm-hmm. so i was but the live wasn't about that i ended up having a live and i got a little emotional it was like a really in-depth conversation i was having with my audience some girl comes in my inbox and says oh i noticed that you said you um i noticed you talked about the nutribirth were you interested in trying she's like sales pitching me and i'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself i just cried in this live i just gave so much raw emotional um you know verbiage and you're in my inbox talking to me about do i want nutribirth and i mm-hmm. just responded and said i'm already a distributor thank you she right. rebuttals and says Oh, but have you been with, did you not just hear me? First of all, this is inappropriate. Like this is totally inappropriate. And you're so gun ho on trying to sell me something that you didn't even get the fact that one, I already said I'm a distributor in the live. You come in my inbox and I told you I'm a distributor again. What do you think that I want more out of you? Then I go on her page and this is a, this was something else that got me with Herbalife. Anybody can sell this shit. Right. You, you'll be built like a refrigerator with, with three doors and you can mm-hmm. sell this shit. You can have no results and sell this shit. And I see like the people who may have, they're, they're excited because they want to lose weight. They're taking a product because they're optimistic. And now they want to try to get you. And I'm looking at her like, girl, 
can I see a before <laughs> and after picture before you get in my inbox really trying to sell me on a goddamn product that I already sell myself? But what has it done for you? It's like they don't make it believable enough. They just let anybody and everybody come in and sell these products as a weight loss product. And that's the first mistake because they're not weight loss products. They are nutritional supplements, you know, right. and I, I got to blame it on the diet culture with some, so many people being so desperate to lose weight. Mm-hmm. They believe anything. I could say drink a cap full of bleach every day. And that's how I got my flat stomach. People would be out here dying, trying mm-hmm. to get a flat stomach, drinking a cup of bleach every day. But that's how we've been conditioned in this microwave society to always want everything so quickly without really, like you said, having that willpower, having determination, tenacity to keep really pressing for your goal, no matter how long it takes. People just want it now, now, now. Oh, that's going to do it. I want that. That's going to do it. I want that. Right. They they think I've tried everything. You tried everything but being consistent. You tried Mm -hmm. everything but actually changing your lifestyle. You tried everything except for everything that you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. because you you want something, but you're not willing to put in the work to get that thing. Yeah. For sure. And it's like, even with, with these companies, they, they share these before and after pictures. Right. So like you said, you became like the poster girl for Mm -hmm. Herbalife. Mind you, you didn't even lose that weight that they're showing the pictures on using Herbalife. So it's like, it's so it's, you have to be careful what you're ingesting when it comes to like these, these marketing ploys Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all of that, because at the end of the day, they just want the sale. They don't necessarily they're not believing that you're going to do it. They just want you to buy the product. And I have to be honest, like before I got into my own fitness journey years and years ago, I've struggled with my weight my entire life um, from the age of five. I remember like I would literally see these commercials for like the hydroxy cut and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I remember those. Yeah, I I believe that shit that I I was 100% convinced that my 300 pound self in 30 days would be like 150 pounds. <laughs> and a lot of people think like that. And mm-hmm. that's why they're able to sell on these people because they have a skewed sense of reality when it comes to what it takes to lose weight. People think that you're supposed to drop 30 pounds in a month. And unless you're morbidly obese, no, you're not. I mean, it's not healthy and it's usually not even possible. And just think about if you do drop that much in a month, now your body has to play catch up and you're not going to be able to sustain these big losses because your body is going to rebound. It's like there's things that I learned along Mm -hmm. my journey that I see so many people not understanding. And to me, it's common sense now because I know better. But you, I have to always realize I was once that naive person who believed. Same. Yeah. Same. And that's why I kind of came up with this podcast. And I wanted this to be a segment where I talk about these diets, because at the end of the day, you have to really think about what are these what are they trying to sell you? What mm-hmm. is Herbalife trying to sell you? They're trying to sell you a caloric deficit where you're not eating as much food, but you're drinking the shake. That's only 90 calories. You should right. still be eating food while mm-hmm drinking these shakes, but they don't tell you that. Right. Right. So you'll do it for 30 days because usually their challenges are like 30 days or whatever. Yeah. And you'll do that for 30 days and you'll lose weight. Now, 
that's not necessarily fat, which is what you want to lose. You could mm-hmm. be losing muscle. You could be losing a lot of water weight as well. So, right. and this is all stuff that I've learned just throughout my journeys. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a trainer. I know you are an actual trainer, but me, yeah. I'm not a trainer, but I tell my friends this all the time. Like you can try this stuff and I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but you have to realize what you're losing and mm-hmm. how you're losing it and what's the biology behind mm-hmm. it because you see- there's reasons. Exactly. And that's why I say like, that's why it's so, again, I have that video. It's pretty detailed. And I, I put receipts in the video, mm-hmm. like for my whole reasoning uh, about why I don't do Herbalife. And, you know, of course, people attack me in the comments. A lot of them were Herbalife people. But <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I have been on social media in the fitness community for eight years now. I've seen so much. I've learned so much, not only from my personal journey, from training other people and just like consistently learning. And I feel like if you stop learning and you keep your ears shut, you're never going to grow. And that's why so many people are just so brainwashed into believing things about the whole process of losing weight because they don't want to learn. They want to be sold a lie because they aren't wanting to learn. And it's like, I, I couldn't put my name on that anymore. So I'm like, I got to get out of this. And I did. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, no shade to anybody selling Herbalife. Once again, I love it. Take it, use it. I mean, I told people if I did Herbalife, I wouldn't even tell y'all. I would just do it because I like the product, but I can't put my name behind something like that because my audience trusts me and you can't, you're going to lose trust promoting something sketchy. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you use what works for you. Right. So like the Prolessa, Mm -hmm. I would buy the Prolessa just as like a, um, a pre-workout. Right. So instead of buying Mm -hmm. like C4 or whatever have you, like I would buy Prolessa and use that or the teas. I like the teas too. Oh Yeah. They give, I mean, when the first time I took the tea, (laughs) that energy boost, let me tell you, I was, I felt like I was bouncing off the walls the first time (laughs) I took that shit. Like it was wild. I was like, okay, I need to chill out. I need to not drink any caffeine ever when I take this because my heart is literally about to pop out of my chest. But if I'm at the gym and I need a boost, because at the time, like when I lost all the weight, what I would do is I would go to the, I was in the gym my God, five days a week, mm-hmm. five days a week. And it's, and people would say, Oh my God, you're, you know, you're using Herbalife. I remember I had these before and after pictures for right. the 30 days in Herbalife and you can see the difference, but what you didn't see was that I was going to the gym every other day. I okay. was, you know, meal planning all my meals. Yeah. I was drinking all my water, like all of that. So yes, mm-hmm. the Herbalife helped when it came to eating just because I can fucking eat. I love to eat. So if I have a shake and it's going to get me full, that helps me not eat all the food that I was eating before. But I still had to put in work and people don't Mm want to put in work. They don't. They really don't. And that's the same with me. And I said that to people. You don't know what goes on in between that before and after picture. You see a start and you see a finish. But everything that happens in between 
you're not privy to. You don't know how much that person worked out. You don't know how conditioned they are to begin with. You don't know how much they trained. You don't know how much water they did. You don't know the sacrifices that they made to make sure they could get that before and after picture to show you. And even for me, I mean, this is something I hid from my audience for a while. When I was in my real skinny phase, it's like I was literally starving myself mm-hmm. and I worked out for hours. I would work out and, and everybody like, I, I remember um, I had a picture and I, I screenshotted the caption because it was crazy. It's crazy to me now. But when I was in it, you couldn't tell me any different. And it was like I was 140 some pounds and I thought I was fat. I couldn't mm. see any different. And it was like, oh, my God, I, I felt I felt like I needed to lose more weight because then being online, putting myself in front of people, they're telling me, oh, I need to look like this. I need to lose more weight. I need to do that. And it really created a mental illness in me where I was so fixated on the scale. I would starve myself. I ate the bare minimums. I worked out for hours a day. I would work out like three times a day, like three hours, two, three hour sessions a day, Mm -hmm. literally working out. Like who has time to work out six, seven hours a day. And that's Mm -hmm. what I was doing because I wasn't working. I mean, you know, social media was my job. Training was my job. So I mean, I, I just was like, I couldn't see past, you know, to the clarity of you're healthy, you look good, you can eat. Mm-hmm. I was like, I if I if the scale went up even an ounce, you were I stressing. would just, yes, it's like, oh my God, what happened when I do? You know, and it's such a toxic mentality to think that you have to be this perfect individual in any sense you know Mm -hmm. I always advocate being a better version of yourself but to what what point do you take that I really took it to a point of I just I it was it was bad it was really bad you know I made myself sick and Mm -hmm. when people would see me rebound and wait Nobody want to talk about all the weight I lost. They only want to talk about the weight I gained. Right. And you realize you're starving yourself. You're overworking yourself. Your body is smart. It's not going to keep up with that. Mm-hmm. So hormonally, you're going to rebound at some point. I would work myself into exhaustion, starve myself into exhaustion. And then my body was like, that's it. We're done. We're not mm-hmm. doing this. And then I would like keep working out, keep trying to starve myself, but nothing would happen. I would start slowly getting bigger. And I was still not, and so I'm like, I gotta eat less. I gotta work out more. Your body is smart. That was my body's cue telling me, you gotta cut this out. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't listen to that. And for years, I kept going through that cycle because I didn't understand it. I'm so liberated now, and this is why I don't give a fuck now, because even though I'm much thicker, I branded myself to be thick. Mm -hmm. I have to stop going against that. I am the plus size trainer. I am pretty healthy and thick. I'm not the slim size trainer. I'm not pretty thin and and thin, you know? (laughs) So it's like, I got to be true to what I crafted myself to be. And I I am very confident as a thick girl. I'm still very healthy. Um, I'm still down 100 pounds from my highest weight. And it doesn't matter what it looks like to other people. It's all about what it looks like to me and how I feel. And right. I feel I feel fucking great. So there's that. Yes. And I love <laughs> that you went into that because it's the perfect segue into my next segment. Mm-hmm. Um, Heart on My Sleeve is where we talk about, you know, real life things, things that I've been through, things that my, my guests have been through. And mm-hmm. I actually wanted to speak today about body dysmorphia because yes. that is a real 
thing. You know, mm-hmm. we've both encountered and are actively trying to overcome our body dysmorphia, right. I believe. Yeah. Because when I look at your journey, it mimics mine so much. Like mm-hmm. just everything I've been through. I am my heaviest. I was um almost 250 pounds and like mm-hmm. I'm five two. So I'm not, I know you're you're short as well. So yeah, you know, we're both we were both short and round, right? Mm-hmm. So and when I lost all that weight, I went, my lowest was about 167. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked sickly. And that's right. because all I did was cardio, 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 cardio. And then I wouldn't eat anything or mm-hmm. I would only eat like no carbs or what, whatever have you little mm-hmm. itty bitty portions, whatever. But I would keep on with the cardio, keep on with the cardio. And I would look at my, I remember looking my, at myself in the mirror then. And while I knew I was skinnier than what I was before, I was still like, I'm not skinny enough. Same. Yeah. And that I have a video about that on my YouTube as well. Pretty healthy and thick about having body dysmorphia. I mean, my highest weight, I was 300 pounds and my mm-hmm. smallest, I was 147 pounds. And when I was 147 pounds, I still seen that 300 pound girl in the mirror I seen every flaw I seen all like you know you lose that much weight you have loose skin and that's all I could focus on I got all got flabby thighs I got flabby my arms and it's like people don't realize you're not going to lose a half of yourself and not have those kind of issues I mm-hmm. looked fucking fantastic but I could only focus on those things and it was like I didn't I never felt good enough because I was always comparing myself to other people, one. But two, mm-hmm. it was like, damn, I look in the mirror and I still couldn't see the changes. It was like, I still look fat. People are like, what are you talking about? And then even when I was like 165 pounds, which is a, you know, that was even hard for me to maintain. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I would, it's crazy how I look at pictures of myself now. And I, you know, you know how you always look at pictures of yourself from before when you thought you were fat and it's like, damn, I wish I was that fat now. (laughs) Yeah. for All the time. That's me. Whenever I look at my time hop from like 2015 (laughs) and I'm just like, I was lit, but also again, I was waking up at 4am every morning to go to the gym. So it's like, I know what I need to do to get back Mm -hmm. to that version of myself because it's not that I couldn't keep it up. It's just. Well, no, it's that I couldn't keep it up because life happened, right? Yeah. Like I I could no longer at that point when I was going to the gym every morning at 5 Mm a.m. I lived with my mom. So Mm -hmm. my mom would get my son ready for school in the morning and put him on the bus. Once Mm -hmm. I no longer lived with my mother and I, you know, was solely dependent on myself, like I couldn't get to the gym anymore. And even though I will say this, you know, muscle memory, guys, is a real thing. It is. it is a real fucking thing. Once you um, have this body composition or once you work on, you know, getting your body to a certain way, when you gain weight, you gain it differently from you how sure you look before. Mm-hmm. Because exactly. it took me a long time. Like the these pounds that I've put on, it took a long time for me to actually see them because mm-hmm. they were going like they weren't going to my midsection for whatever reason. Right. They just were not going there. So it's yeah. like I would still be wearing jeans from before and like, yeah, they're a little tight on my legs or whatever, but I could still button them. <laughs> so I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I think like even for me, the biggest thing that I learned is that I have to. And this is why I started the body appreciation. No matter how I look, 
I have to appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I think people are so like, oh, when I get to this size, then I'll love myself. That is such a toxic mentality to have. Mm -hmm. You have to love yourself now. And this is the main reason for it. If you can't look in the mirror and begin to love yourself now, the body dysmorphia is really going to get you because you're still not going to love yourself when you lose the weight. You might feel a little different. You might have like, oh, people will compliment you, but you're not going to love yourself because you're still going to be that old person. You're still going to be having those old feelings. And that's what I I experienced. I lost all that weight and I still couldn't look in the mirror and love who I was. Now, even with more weight on me, I'm like, yo, I feel so sexy. I feel so Mm -hmm. confident. I didn't feel like that before. And it took me years and years to finally break that toxic mentality. But I'm telling you, it's such a liberating thing. Yeah. Once you start loving yourself for real. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now I know you're loving yourself now, but do you still think that you still have this body dysmorphia? Like, or are you just actively fighting it? I don't think I have it anymore. I see myself for who I am, how I Mm -hmm. am. And there's no judgment. That's the difference now. I don't, I'm not looking to be anything other than what I currently am. And I'm not any, like, there's nobody that goes. I hate when people say, oh, that's goals. No, be your own body goals. Right. Like, I, I, you're never going to look, you could eat the same thing. We, you could eat the same thing, work out the same amount of time, drink the same drinks as someone else, and they will have different bodies than you Mm -hmm. and you're still going to hate yourself because you don't look like the goals and this is why I really hate when girls try to market programs like oh get my booty or look like me no you're never going to look like that girl it doesn't matter unless you get some kind of surgery to reconstruct yourself you're never going to look like someone else other than who you are Mm -hmm. your genetic makeup your height your body build all of that goes into play and how you look so I see a lot of people will compare themselves to someone who doesn't even look like them. I'm five feet tall. Right. So how can I say I want to look like a girl who's five foot 11? Mm-hmm. That's never going to happen. She could be, we could be the same weight. I'm going to look completely different than she looks because she has a more body to distribute her weight around. Mm-hmm. I don't. My weight goes to my boobs and my hips and my butt. You know, some girls' weight goes to their stomach. Some girls' weight goes on their back. Everybody is different. So I think one of the biggest things that, you know, a lot of you women have to break is saying that another woman's body is a goal for you. Be your own body goal. And you don't have to be perfect. It's not about being perfect. It's always just about being a better version of yourself. For sure. Now, do you think the fitness community actually contributed? Toxic. <laughs> oh, AF. AF. And I'm having such a hard time getting back on my fitness page as much as I want to. What mm-hmm. I realize is that I have to grow that audience more. Um, and I have to grow it in a way that doesn't revolve around weight loss. There was a time in my fitness journey where I didn't talk about weight at all. All I did was post workout videos. People loved them. And that's how I got so popular because I was a girl who looked like another girl. Right. My, you know, oh, my God, she's my size and she's Mm -hmm. doing that. If she can do do it, I can do it for sure. That was the whole point of me starting my platform. And then trolling and bullying and, you know, people talking about my weight. And then I always felt like for many years on my platform, I felt like I had to prove a point. Everybody knows I can lose weight. Anybody who's watched me 
knows I can lose weight like that. It mm-hmm. doesn't take me anything when I'm focused on it. But I don't even feel like I have to prove that kind of point. All I want to do is work out. And I enjoy working out. But people made it such um the weight loss community and that's why I say there's a difference the weight loss community versus the fitness community Mm. they're not the same they are different people in the weight loss community all they want to do is diet they don't understand diet breaks they don't understand that you're not always supposed to be on a diet that's why it ends they don't understand having an end game for when you lose weight my biggest mistake was not having an end game so I would lose weight but I would still continue on like this diet path when I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. And that's how I would get burnt out instead of like, okay, I need to transition into maintenance mode. What should I be doing different? How can I maintain this? I was still stuck in, I got to diet. I got to lose my weight. I got to lay What's the skill say? Oh, I got to, I got to do this. I got to, it's, 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 it's toxic. And the weight loss community perpetuates a lot of those diet cultures and the toxic things that I just can't, I can't be a part of. And I refuse to lead a platform full of women to make them think that they have to subscribe to these unrealistic diet culture standards. Yeah. You went on live earlier today because you recently started um, working out with a personal trainer, Mm -hmm. Um, which is great because even though you're a trainer and you've done it before, like sometimes you need someone else's guidance, right? Because you need someone to push you almost Mm -hmm. like do this, do that, push you out of your comfort zone. Um, But you mentioned that even though you're doing all of this, that losing weight is not a priority. Why isn't the losing weight part a priority for you? This is what people have to realize. And this is why a lot of people can't be successful. It's not the weight loss you have to focus on. It's your health and your habits. Mm -hmm. Better habits lead to better health, which leads to better weight. So my focus is not on my weight at all. My focus is on getting my habits back. And when I get my habits back, the weight's automatically going to come off. Mm -hmm. So I'm not stressed about that. And I don't feel this, this a discomfort. I don't feel sad, depressed. I don't loathe my body. So I don't really care if I'm the weight that I am now. I don't have any rush to lose any weight. And there is no specific weight that I want to be at. I just want to be healthier and happier and consistent with my habits. And that's why I have a trainer because somebody is somebody that I'm collaborating with business wise, but you know, he's helping me get my habits back because mm-hmm. this whole pandemic, I haven't really worked out. Right. I mean, same. gyms were closed and then I started traveling a lot, moving. I moved. It's like a lot has gone on. So I can honestly say like, I, I don't even have a kitchen now. I haven't had a kitchen for like six weeks. I have to eat out like every day. Mm-hmm. I have not kept the best habits. Changing your habits, and this is what I always say, you cannot lead a fat forever whole lifestyle (laughs) and expect to lose weight. It just don't happen like that. You have got to change your habits and you've got to not focus on the weight. It's not your weight that's making you fat. It's your habits that are making you fat. Mm -hmm. So you have to focus on what it matters. So yeah, I don't want to talk about weight on my platform anymore. I will not step on the scale. I will not talk about diets because I'm not dieting. You don't need to do keto. You don't need to do low carb. You don't need to not eat after eight. Like none of that shit needs (laughs) to be done. And 
if you want to do it, that's kudos, but it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. It's all about being consistent in your habits. And that's what I'm working on, getting the consistency back into my habits. Right. Because you have to live your life. You're not going to live your life on a diet. There, there's mm-hmm. just there's no way not not mm-hmm. with these diets these days. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I know so many people when keto was like the fad. Right. Because I did mm-hmm. keto, too. I lost a lot too, of weight on I, keto. I, I, I got super fucking skinny. Yeah. And that was another thing. I lost my butt. I mean, I just was like flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it works. Right. Keto biologically, it works. It does mm-hmm. actually like burn the fat out of your out of you right but that is so in my opinion you can't sustain a keto Mm. diet like it's Mm -mm. so difficult anything can take you out of ketosis like literally you eat one thing that's Mm -hmm. more than what 20 carbs or whatever grams of carbs and you're out like Mm -hmm. and then you have to work on getting back in there and it's like if you have to work if you have to fight your body that much then that's not something you should be doing it's not and when i did keto i was a vegetarian so imagine not having a whole food group of carbs and not eating meat like that shit was hard as hell and I was so deprived. And I mean, I made it look good, but I was really miserable. I was. I couldn't stand it. it I feel it, like this but... was your, um, <laughs> and I'm bringing it back to the to the <laughs> Snapchat days, when you uh, used to go on your mile walks playing um, yeah, Pokemon Go yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. But that was just fun for me. And people don't realize that's a part of just having a healthy habit. And I was just saying the other day, like I used to, I used to walk every day for at least a couple of miles and not even because I did it because I was exercising. It was just a part of my day. Like, okay, it's time for me to go on my walk. I listen to a podcast. I play Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like me time for me to just kind of think, clear my head or whatever. And that's like, that is a healthy habit that you, that I condition myself into without having to make it, uh, something like oh I gotta work out or you know how you feel when you gotta work out sometimes like I I, I was like oh it's time to go on my walk I, w- I loved going on my walk and that's why I said I gotta get back into doing that I love going on my little walk and I would just walk and walk and I look up and I'm like oh shit it's been like two hours it's been out here walking right <laughs> yeah for sure that's and people don't understand it's the little things that can help you so much like you don't mm-hmm. have to be a heavy lifter you don't right. have to be running seven miles a day like mm-hmm. you don't have to do these things in order to be healthy like not everybody is an athlete right and this is the thing too I don't think people take into account that your health is more than physical and your health your weight isn't your health Right. That's a common mistake people make. But health is more than just physical. What about your mental health? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are suffering mentally, and that's why they can't progress physically. You have to address mental health, and that it has to be a priority. Your spiritual health and wellness, your financial health. There's so many different healths that people neglect. And for me, I felt like I only paid attention to one portion and that's why I was so for so long just deleted, depleted because it was like I'm not refilling my spiritual health. I'm not refilling my mental and my emotional health, things that I needed to pay attention to. So this is the reason why weight is like a non-factor for me is because I feel more complete because I focus on more than mm-hmm. just weight. I focus on 
my overall health. And if I'm unbalanced in one area, there was many times on Snapchat I would be going through depressed cycles. And I showed that. I never shied from showing that. But a lot of my depressed cycles is because I wasn't focusing on my mental stability and my, my mental wellness. I wasn't focusing on my spiritual wellness. So it all plays a part into each other. And you have to stop neglecting one to focus on the other. They're all important. They are very much all important. You can't be completely healthy if you're neglecting other parts of yourself, like you said, for sure. Um, Okay, so this was great. I love that. (laughs) Now we're going to get a little bit, I wouldn't say ratchet, but you know. Okay, I like ratchet. (laughs) This is why I fuck with you too. I'm not even going to hold you. Like, you'd be like, these hoes, like, fuck these bitter ass hoes. These raggedy bitches, yeah, they hate me, but that's because they ain't me <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're gonna get into what's my favorite segment and it's mm-hmm. are you dead ass okay because okay. I ask myself every fucking day whether it be <laughs> about COVID whether it be about the world whether it be about New York City whether it be mm-hmm. about what whatever the fuck the United States and the bullshit that is here like right. are you fucking dead ass so <laughs> Before I start my rant, I wanted to know if there was anything that you wanted to get off your chest. Let me tell you, and this is something (laughs) I've been saying. I haven't really paid attention to social media because I've been in my own zen. And I'm going to say this. Y'all got to get offline. I'm only online because it's for my business. But I realized not being in the shade room and not really paying attention to social media, I found more zest in life but let me tell you so i guess there's this whole thing about the birkin bags oh god are you dead ass like seriously <laughs> first of all first of all it's just like it, why is this like it's i i'm i don't care i don't fucking care like this is my thing if a man is gonna spend that much money on me i don't want a fucking purse you're gonna spend ten to twenty thousand dollars on a bag what the hell am I going to put in it? I'm putting my sriracha sauce in it. I mean, like right. what? I mean, it's not, it's not too much I'm going to carry in that bag. You know what? You can put that $10,000, 20000 my business. Invest mm-hmm. in my brand. Buy mm-hmm. me inventory. Build me up that way. Like, I'm going to get so much more benefit out of you investing in me than buying me a fucking $10,000 bag. And right. then these bitches out here... There's just so many things. Yeah, it's like these girls out here are really feeling like they got to have this purse because the rappers are talking about it. Like, I I just can't believe people are so brainwashed. And and not only that, if you realize, if you realize that a lot of these people who are now bragging on Birkin, they're black people. Mm -hmm. You making some rich white person rich that don't even want you sporting their brand to begin with when there are quality black businesses out here that you could be putting your money into and promoting that. And I'm just like, y'all so fucking anything. Like when Gucci was, oh, everybody want to wear Gucci. Now everybody want to Dior. Everybody want to wear Dior because of Pop Smoke. Like, it's it's fucking, listen, I wear Walmart, bitch. Forever 21, you know, H&M. First of all, (laughs) I don't have time. Like, that's cute or whatever. Now, now don't get me wrong. There's some bags that I would love to have. Mm -hmm. And not because necessarily of the brand name or whatever, but because I like the bag. Like, the bag is beautiful. And I would love to have, like, Mm -hmm. but I had posted on on my story today, I think it was. And it was like, listen, 
any and if you buy me a Birkin bag, I'm probably going to sell it because yeah. I don't need the fucking bag right now. Mm-hmm. I am in a place where I could use that money. I can build my credit. Uh-huh. I can put it towards like a down payment of a house. I can get a car. I could do so much mm-hmm. with that fucking money instead of being broke and bougie walking around with a Birkin bag. Right. And nothing in it nothing in it i don't even have that the money that the Birkin bag (laughs) i don't have the money that the bag cost in my account but i'm here with the bag on my wrist like that doesn't make sense to me it 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 does not make sense and i cannot i can't sit here and justify you or anybody giving me this bag and still be not where i want to be in life thank you and that's what i'm saying what are you who are you proving it to what are you proving and who are you proving it to by having this bag? Because it's they first of all, them bark is ugly. That's just Thank that you. to me. They are ugly. And it's funny because just hilarious. She you knows she does just with the mess. Mm-hmm. She did one today and she was like, she was talking about how she she showed this bag. She called it a uh she said she got it from Burlington. She called it a burlick a burlican or something she called it, but it was like it was like a knockoff not a knockoff, but like a, it was like a Birkin style bag. Mm-hmm. But that little bag from Burlington looked better than all the Birkins I've ever seen. Like it's just you're you're literally buying into a name. That's Her all name, you're buying, right? But you know, you watch Sex in the City. You yes. live in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, hello, a man. Uh, didn't they talk about Birkins? They've been talking about Birkins. Been that, talk- and that's that- that's the thing. So when I've heard about this whole thing with the Birkin bags or whatever, and I'm so and I'm seeing how everybody has them, and I'm like, to me, it sounds like Birkin lost its allure with the white mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And now they're trying to get to the minorities because on mm-hmm. Sex in the City, in order to get a Birkin, you had to be on a wait list. Yeah. Like nobody could get one. And that yes. was the allure of getting a Birkin. Now mm-hmm. that I see all of these people have them, all of these rappers, all these celebrities, to me, it's just like, I don't want that shit now because no. the whole point of getting a Birkin was because nobody, nobody had could it. get it. And that's exactly what it is because a lot of these Birkins are fake. We know mm-hmm. Canal Street Birkins, but that's the thing. They, they're they still exclusive. You still have to get on the list to get them. They only make certain amounts and then they give them to certain people. They'll mm-hmm. give them to a Cardi B, a Nicki Minaj, somebody who's really big like that. But all these basic girls walking around with a Birkin talking about my man bought me a Birkin. No, he didn't, bitch. No, he how? You might got how? a Chloe bag. You might got a hot bag. Right. A Kelly bag. You ain't got no goddamn Birkin, and it ain't even that serious. Like, who the hell Uh-oh. cares? Ah, Uh-oh. get out of here. <laughs> this whole Birkin conversation, it's just like, let's let's not. Yeah, please. Like, let's not. Me, personally, I'd rather have a Celine bag mm-hmm. if, if we're going to talk about okay. it. Okay, I mean, a Celine bag, I know. I want a nice little um, Chanel bag, classic Chanel bag. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of nice bags that you could get. And you could get that one bag, $10,000, you could get a bunch of bags. You know what I'm saying? You could get- You could redo your whole fucking wardrobe with 10000 I mean, I know I could. I know some people be bougie and they can't, but me? Give me 10000 I could redo my whole wardrobe. Give me 10000 I'm in DR getting the rest and of my take surgery. A- <laughs> right no listen i was just gonna say i would redo my whole wardrobe and have vacations to wear said wardrobe uh, on with ten thousand dollars i'm gonna get my boobs done i'm getting this lipo done getting my back my back <laughs> lifts i'm getting that ten to get don't buy me no birthday just give me the money so i can go to dr and get my body finished okay thank you <laughs> 
this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Like, let's just just give me the money. If you're gonna spend that much money on me, give me the money. Right. Show okay? me the money. Okay. Because I don't have time. No, I don't whatsoever. But yeah. So <laughs> that is hilarious. That actually goes kind of sorta into my dead ass. So what I wanted to talk about was, you know, people are so they're so into what the outside looks mm. like, right? What the the appearance that you're giving and all this, but nobody ever wants to work on the inside mm-hmm. and who they really are, right? Mm-hmm. Like people want to look the part, but they never want to do the work that it takes to be what it is that you're trying to portray that you are. Right. Whether it's being a positive person, are you living a positive life or are you just spewing positive shit on the internet? Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, with this health and fitness, okay, are you losing the weight? Right. You're you're losing the weight you're working out. But are you doing everything you need to do within yourself in order to be 100 percent healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, are you just out here acting like you're a good friend, but you're not really doing the work that a good friend does? Are you checking on your friends? Are you being understanding to your friends? Yeah. Because everybody goes into all of, you know, everybody has issues. Mm-hmm. Everybody has problems. Are you being are you being that person that you're portraying to be? Right. And like I said earlier, I feel like this year I have really just tried to look inwardly on myself. Mm-hmm. And I and while that can mean that, I'm a cancer, right? You're a Scorpio. Scorpio season is here. And, you know, it's almost her birthday. Um, But I'm a cancer. And sometimes I I retreat into my shell. Sometimes I do it. I do it all the time. Or sometimes I'll just have like, there'll be one friend. And I'm with that one friend all the time because it's it's a safe space Mm -hmm. for me. Like, I know what to expect from this person. I know this person is going to be there for me. And sometimes I just, I retreat and I latch on to just one person, one thing, right? And I've been trying to, to break out of these habits mm-hmm. because I, I I talk about it all the time. Like I love my friends. Yeah. I love all my friends. I've actually built a tribe with this platform mm-hmm. and it's crazy because it's only been, it's going to be six months on November 1st. Oh, okay. Only, only been six months. And I feel like I have built a tribe, but I felt myself pulling away mm-hmm. from the tribe, even though I'm here every week, even though I talk to them on Instagram, even though on all of that, I could still feel myself pulling away. And it's because I felt I found something that was safe. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm trying to edit myself. I'm trying to look into myself and try to change that. But that's work that I need to do all the time. So this right is really, really about me. I'm going to tell you something, <laughs> though. You got to I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say this, not just to you, but to anybody that's listening. Mm-hmm. I have friends that I might not talk to for months, but when we talk, mm-hmm. It's like we just talked yesterday and we'll, For sure. I, my best, I just moved to Atlanta a few weeks ago and my best friend and I went to high school where he came out here. He's out here for 10 days and it's like, I hadn't seen him in years, maybe two years. And we were in group chat, we, you know, on the internet, but we haven't like really talked and he was out here for 10 days and every day we hung out and we just had the most deep conversations, catching up, laughing, creating new memories and I might not see him again for another two years, but guess what? We know that we're friends. And I think a lot of people have to stop taking it personally when they don't hear from people. Um, A lot, like even me, I kind of feel guilty sometimes when I go away from my platform because I feel like people depend on me. They want to see me. And I know that Mm -hmm. people genuinely care about me when I'm not around, but it's for my own 
it's for my own mental health and stability that sometimes I can't. And I don't think that people should feel any type of way when you have to do that. When you, I have mm-hmm. to retreat into myself sometimes because it's protecting your peace. It's protecting mm-hmm. your energy. And sometimes you got to build up that energy. What they say, you can't feel from an empty cup. Sometimes you just have to refill yourself before you can go back out and be around people. So don't feel bad about that. You know, I definitely say, you know, you you, it's having you can create more safe spaces. I would say that. Mm -hmm. But don't ever feel like you always have to be giving of yourself because that's a mistake that I made. I mean, I have over half a million people follow me on all my platforms that always have to get Mm -hmm. on the Internet. I don't have any personal accounts on the Internet where I can just be looking like most people log into the internet because they want to be entertained i log into the internet because i am the entertainment i always gotta be on i always gotta be there for people people dump their problems on me when i'm not even expecting and i already got my own shit going on so i say that you know it it, the more you're going to mass following you'll get that same thing never feel any type of way for taking the time you need to refill your cup it's important. That's that part of it's mental. That's that important. mental wellness that I was talking about. Yeah. And I think that's like, I try to be very cognizant of the fact, because I know sometimes I do it and not in a way where it's mm-hmm. good for me either. So like, I have to, I have to decipher when I'm being mm-hmm. this way, whether it's because I need the break and like my, you know, I need to mentally take the break or am I right? And it, and it could go both ways. And I get that. Cause sometimes, and that's why I'm kind of glad I don't have Snapchat anymore. I created Snapchat as my safe space. You can hide on mm-hmm. Snapchat. It's, your content's not going out everywhere. Like it is on Instagram or on Twitter, people yeah. retweeting you, Facebook, sharing you. Snapchat for me was a safe space. And although it was real fucked up that these raggedy bitches got my shit deleted, you know, I had seven years mm-hmm. worth of memories. My my trips I've taken, my nieces, right. literally I could watch my nieces growing up from the memories I had on Snapchat that I can't even get back. But the benefit that I see out of it is that I have been getting more opportunities being in the open and people seeing me versus being Mm -hmm. on Snapchat. It's a secret. Nobody sees me. So, yeah, I definitely agree. You got to know when to be out there and when to stop hiding, you know. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a question. Um, Since you've been like and a social media personality Mm -hmm. for so long, right? How do you choose what you share and what you keep to yourself? Because that's very important. That's a good question. And I've been online for eight years. I definitely have overshared in the past, but I've gotten to a point where I don't, I used to feel like I had to make posts. Like I have to share. I have to make posts. I don't force Mm -hmm. anything. I only share what I want to share. And, you know, people have told me, oh, you need to explain this and you need to, no, I don't. I don't have to explain anything. You're a stranger on the internet and you're not entitled Mm -hmm. to know anything more than what I tell you. And on top of that, you can, you know how people like to take the little bits and pieces. You got to realize like what I post on social media is like a little bit of my life. It's not, it's not even a whole 10% of my entire life. You can take and run with whatever you want to run with off of that little bit of information that you got. And that's what people do. So I'm going to give you enough mm-hmm. to create whatever narrative you want to create. And 
the rest I'll keep to myself. So <laughs> I used to feel like I always had to pose. And now it's like, I don't, I don't want to share shit. I don't, cause I'm going to tell you what it is. <laughs> I used to overshare so much. I feel like I blocked a lot of, hold on. Okay. I feel like I blocked a lot of my blessings sharing too much, mm-hmm. telling my every mm. move. When people don't know how to come at you, they don't know what angle. Like right now, I'm doing a lot of shit in the background, and I'm not saying anything. You're going to see it right. when it happens. You're going to see it when I post about it. Um, up until that point, you're not going to know anything. So, like, even the Thicks and Vixen platform, like, I have so much shit that I'm doing in the background. And if people think that they got this, they think they know, but they have no idea. Like they say on a diary, you think you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have any idea. But I have learned. You gotta really be careful because the enemy is out there waiting to attack. There's people out there, just like mm. there's people out there praying for your success, people out there are rooting for your downfall. And when they know exactly what you're trying to do, they're gonna try to block that blessing. So I try to just share enough to keep you engaged, but not overshare where you're gonna try to come at me and the blessings that I have coming to me. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad you brought up, you know, the Fix and Vixen, because that's something if you guys haven't heard already, I do have a second mini episode that comes out midweek now, and it's called Kiss and Tell. And we're going to talk more about Ty and her Fix and Vixen personality, persona, way of life. I don't even know what what to call it, but we're definitely going to speak more on that. Um, But we are going to end this episode of Do I Look Fat? (laughs) I thank you so much for coming on. You have no idea. I've been anybody who has been listening to do I look fat from the beginning? (laughs) I mentioned Ty on my second episode. Like she was the person who I literally I shouted Uh you out. Like I was just like, she is bomb. Like I love her, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. Um, so if you want to go back to listen to episode two, you will hear yes, me talk about the Yes, I remember you told time me about that. Okay? I listened to that, actually. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so dope. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can my listeners okay, find well, you? Okay, well, you can find me everywhere. Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> everything. <laughs> I have two separate platforms. So Fixin' Vixen, um, and that's T-H-I-X-E-N, Vixen. Um you can find that anywhere. Um, fixandvixen.com website is in the works. I also have another platform, you know, which is more my health and fitness platform. It's called FAT, which is the acronym for Pretty, Healthy, and Thick. So Pretty, Healthy, and Thick is on YouTube, Instagram. Um, I believe I have a Facebook as well. And I haven't been that active on it, but we're we're getting back into that because we're yeah, we're, we're doing a comeback, and they, what they say, don't call it a comeback. It's gonna be, it's gonna be something good. <laughs> and I have, you know, I'm changing that platform up, but like I said, it's not gonna be about weight loss, but it's really gonna be mm-hmm. more body appreciation and a lot more overall fitness, like health and wellness, not just weight loss focus. Yes, love it. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see everything that you got <laughs> cooking you. up. A little bit yes. of everything because I see you may not post about it, but I know oh, you're yeah. working. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know you're putting tired, in the work girl. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram underscore Steffi Kiss S T E P H Y K I S S. The podcast page is Do I Look Fat Pod, exactly how it sounds. Both me and Ty's information will be linked all down below. Um 
Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, share, tell your friends to listen, tell them that we be having dope ass conversations, um, you know, all that shit. So I will see you. This episode will be posted on a Friday. Fine and Thick Friday is what hey. I like to call it. So you will catch me every Fine and Thick Friday with a new episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Mwah. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>